praise the name of the Lord. Um, it's been a wonderful time. Uh, I've enjoyed myself thoroughly. And um, I received a letter um, to speak to us. Um, I think the theme is One Flesh. And they said, Helping single folks prepare for marriage and avoid common pitfalls during dating. So I presume there will be some people here who are looking forward to getting married. Then helping married couples learn how to enjoy and not to endure their marriages. Then bringing joy, freshness, and romance into um, relationships. So I pray that um, we'll be able to go through this um, within the time that has been um, given to me. And the segments that I have... Um, I'm going to talk about love, attraction, the hunter and the hunty, platforms uh, on your way to finding true love, what you do while waiting, before saying I do, then the mystery of marriage, pitfalls and red flags. I'm just going to rush through because I know that um, it's a difficult thing to catch your attention for too long, but God will help us in Jesus' mighty name. Now when I saw one flesh... Of course, we know that the Bible talks about, um, you know, two people coming together and becoming one flesh. And that is Genesis 2 and verse 24. Genesis 2, 24, the Lord says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Um, and I believe that that's where the theme is coming from. But the question is that, is there a right flesh for you? Because if you get hooked to the wrong flesh, then you are trapped. You have problems. It's like entering a one-chance um, uh, birth. And in this thing, once you are married, you know that there is no divorce. Um, so um, I pray that you, know, you, you, you learn one or two things uh, out of this. I believe that there is the bone of your bone and the flesh of your flesh somewhere. You need to find him or her, and haven't found them, you need to enjoy, you know, uh, your steps, uh, your, 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 your relationship uh, all throughout, you know, your days until, you know, uh, death do you part. That's the plan that God has for every one of us. And I believe that every man has a missing rib that only one woman um, can complete. And my prayer is that all those that are married, uh, you are sitting with uh, the woman that can complete you. And whatever you need to be completed, God will give it to you in Jesus' mighty name. Now, generally, for singles and for married people, we're talking about love. And love is invisible. It's an internal passion that needs to be expressed. There's no way you can know that somebody loves you unless there is an expression of love. Um, if you are with your wife and uh, you tell her, I love you Christmas, no gifts, no card, nothing. Easter, I love you, I love you. Her birthday, I love you, I love you. You can be sure that by the next time she's uh, celebrating her birthday or it's Christmas time, and as you open your mouth, say, hey, 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 please carry your love somewhere else. You know, it needs to be expressed. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave. That has to be an expression of love. Uh, and so we're talking about talk and do. You know, even the Bible says um, yeah, in 1 John 3, 18, that don't just love in words, but there has to be action. So I'm glad that we have seen a lot of action tonight, and I pray that we'll do a lot of that in Jesus' mighty name. For those that are not married, uh, there's a difference between the love that we're talking about and lust. Lust is exploitative. And um, once you get the object of your lust, then, you know, the examples that we have, even in the Bible, between Amnon and uh, Tamar, is that, you know, she just hated the girl. So, what we're talking about is not lost or all those other things, is about love. Um, they always say that if the milk is free, the cow will not be bought. So, we believe that those that are in relationships, keep yourself chaste until the day you marry. Because if the man can get the milk free of charge without walking to the altar, then he doesn't need to buy the cow uh, in a manner of speaking. I trust that you understand what I'm talking about. And there are various kinds of love. Uh, there is Eros love, which is a physical one, the romance. 
there's a filia, there's logical love, which is calculated. You see the daughter of a rich man, and you say, whatever I got to do, I have to marry that one. It's logical love. There's tough love. There's stodgy love. Um, but tonight, we want to talk about um, just two. There's philotia love. You know, the Bible says that love your neighbor as yourself. I believe that you can't even begin to love anybody until you begin to love yourself. It says love your neighbor as yourself. Some people don't even love themselves. And that is why they're not taking care, good care of their body. Some people don't bath. Some people don't brush. For example, if you don't brush at night, you really don't love yourself. Because in the morning, when you say hi to your wife, she's going to, you know. So you need to begin to love yourself, do exercises. Um, they brought all kinds of food to us today. Pastor Femi and I, we shone some. Because we know that it's likely that there, there is action later tonight when we get home. But some people are just eating everything and, uh, you know, God will help you in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So, you need to love yourself, avoid eating late, do your exercises, stay fit, you know. Uh, just, just be healthy, um, and stay away from stress-related activities. Uh, you don't bear grudges with anyone. Live in a clean environment. And, of course, for ladies... Once you have your baby, you know, get back into shape, you know, because men are really, really visual. The Bible says, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it. So it's so important for us to know that we cannot afford to abuse this body. You must love yourself. You can't indulge in ungodly lifestyles, eating unhealthy food, alcohol, hard drugs, sexual immorality. All these things show that you don't love yourself. So you really can't begin to love other people until... You love yourself. But the real kind of love that we're talking about, which is, is, is the one that we're looking for, which is the one flesh that the Bible is talking to about, is the God kind of love, as we all know, is called agape love. Agape love. You know, but when you're talking about agape love, you know, most times people have reasons why they love someone. Like if I ask you, if this was an interactive session, I ask you, why do you love your wife? We'll have all kinds of of, of, of reasons. Oh, I love her because she cooks well, she takes care of me, she loves me, she can sing in the morning, you know, she's so compassionate, that she can handle my excesses and things. You know, there are reasons. But you see, once there's a reason you love someone, then there are expectations. And once there are expectations, then there can be disappointments. Because the person may not be able to live up to that expectation. And once there is disappointment, there can be separation and divorce. So, really, agape love is unconditional. It's the God kind of love. It doesn't depend on what you can get from the other person. Even if there is no reciprocal love coming from the other party, it's just a decision. I choose to love. Because if you love your wife because she cooks well, the day she stops cooking, it will affect you. If you love her just because of her beauty, love based on beauty, you know, faith. Because after some time, even if she sticks the hair and, um, you know, put the hair on or the lashes and the, all these things and all that, you know, it just won't look right after some time. So just love her, you know, for who she is. Basically, and that's what, you know, uh, God's love is all about. The God kind of love loves you the way you are. Short, tall, beautiful, ugly, old, or young. And that is truly agape love. Once there is a condition or a reason to love, then there are expectations, like I said. And sometimes you just can't live up to those expectations. Because for those of us that have been, I mean, I, I, my, my sweetheart, we've been together for 39 years. Yeah, we met in, in the greatest university in, in Nigeria, Great Ife, amen? And uh, I met her at the age of 16, you know? So I've not tried her all, you know, in the beginning she used to cook, but these days she doesn't cook. So if it's because of uh, the cooking now, I mean, there'll be problems, you know? So I just love her because of who she is. And once you know that that is the standard, then it's going to be easy for you to you know, I don't want to use the word tolerate yourselves, you know, but to understand yourselves that, look, I'm not loving you because of anything that you can give me. It's unconditional. 
And my prayer is that that will sink in today in Jesus' mighty name. Because you see, um, the love that, 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 that Christ had for us, I mean, we were not the best. The Bible said that when we were yet sinners, Christ loved us. We were born into sin, we were horrible, yet he loved us. When we crucified him, he told his father, Father, forgive them, for they know not what we do. In John 13, 1, the Bible says that he loves us to the uttermost, to the extreme. And characteristics of agape love, like I said, it's a decision. Truly, it has nothing to do with emotions or feelings. And we see that many people have rejected their spouses because they are looking for a reason to love. My prayer is that for those that are in relationships, God will choose right for you in Jesus' mighty name. Agape love is sacrificial, is universal. It doesn't depend on what you get back from the other one. Why were yet sinners? Christ died for us. One of the most important landmarks that cannot be changed is that you cannot be unequally yoked. You know, if Christian marriages are being rocked, how much more if you are married to an unbeliever? I mean, it's just, it's just, <laughs> even the Bible says that in Deuteronomy 22 verse 10, it says you don't plow an ox and a donkey together. You can't, it can't work because the ox is stronger, wants to go this way, the donkey wants to rest. But if they are both oxes, then, I mean, they are same vision, same platform. If there are issues, you know, we can deal with it because they are all Christians. So I pray that um, God will minister to us in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, the next thing I'd like to talk about is that there has to be attraction. Attraction. Uh, and true love starts with an attraction. Uh, an attraction needs a platform. Of course, attraction, in a nutshell, means a pull, an enticement. There's some kind of magnetism. I mean, when I saw my, my wife, I knew that was my wife. And I was pulled to her. You know, there were other ladies there, but I just was pulled to her. You know, it was, uh, I'll tell you more about that. So there has to be some attraction. Jacob was attracted to Rachel and not Leah. Because of eyes. They said that the eyes of Leah were weak. But of course, when he saw Rachel, the Bible says that she was beautiful, well-favored, and when she saw her, he burst into tears, you know, and, and kissed her. You know, tears of joy. So, um, there was an attraction. Um, and of course, we have different strokes for different folks. What attracts A might be a put-off to B. For example, you know, a Nigerian mouse cannot be attracted to cheese. It has to be shower or dry fish. But if you go to England, you carry shower, it will not work. So, I mean, different, different, different folks. Some people like their, their, their ladies just natural, plain Jane. But some like them bedecked with all kinds of things. So, you know, attraction is important. And I pray that, you know, there was some kind of attraction when you met your wife. You know, one man's food is another man's uh, poison. In the Boma tribe in Kenya, they prefer women with long necks, you know, and, and have pictures of other, and they will now put rings there, very, very long necks, and put the rings, you know, that weigh about 20, 20 pounds. Then there is the Bodhi tribe in Africa. The women must have marks all over their body. There's the Suma tribe, you know, I'm sure you've seen it. They like people with wide lips. They put a plate on their lips. So it's so big and that is so exciting to them. In, in, in Japan, they, 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 they prefer to have, you know, people that have fake, you know, tooth. They knock off, you know, the little tooth here so that when you smile, you know, it, it just, just sends a, an arrow to them. So you find out that, you know, most, most Japanese women, they do a, 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 a pageant. I mean, you see that th this tooth is cracked, you know, because it's just an attraction. It's called a snuggle tooth. In Mauritania, it's the weights. They just like, you know, the quarter pounder. They like them big, you know, just like the Calabar people. Uh, and the feet, <laughs> they give them 15,000 calories, you know, a day, just because they want them fat 
Uh, and that's what is desirable, you know, to them. So it, it just depends on you. And if you take a poll today, you see that all our wives are different. But we love the ones that God chose for us. And for those that are believing God to get married, my prayer is that, you know, you will lose, choose the one that God, God, God has for you. And what attracts is, for example, what attracted us to God? It was our sin. That was the attraction. That will not attract anybody. But just because we were sinners, that was what attracted us. What attracted God to, to Paul? Paul harassed every Christian, you know, taught them to blaspheme. Indeed, a lot of people said, Ananias said, no, 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 you can't do this. But that was what attracted God, you know, to them. Just because we are sinners. And my prayer is that uh, as God saw potential in us, you see potential in your wives in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I, I need to rush through this so that um, uh, one of the things that we need to be looking for is inner beauty. You know, God chooses not based on externals, but what is inside of us. And that is why the Bible says in 1 Peter 3, 3 to 6, says, let not yours be merely external adorning with interweaving and knotting of the hair, the weaving of wearing of jewelry and changes of clothes, but let it be the inward adorning and beauty of the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible and unfading charm of a gentle, peaceful spirit, which is not anxious or other. So it's talking about what is within. And of course, we know that many of us as Christians, if not all, that what is inside is so important. Inner beauty, integrity, God-fearing attitude, and honesty. I think those are the things that we are looking for. Your love should not be based on externals, because all those things go south after some time, you know? That's why we have to package ourselves, you know? Right now, even men use gadol, you know? Um, some, one of our pastors sent a gadol to me, uh, you know, and I was wearing I was the only one in the house, but I didn't know how to wear it. So I wanted to wear You're supposed to wear it from bottom up. I was trying to wear it from up down, you know? And the thing just entangled me like this. I had to get a scissors to cut it. And that was the end of my, uh, you know, relationship with the, with the gadget. So the six-pack you are seeing now is all mine. Amen? It's not, uh, it's not uh, praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, um, for those that are dating, um, you know, the opposite of attraction is put off. You know, it's, it's a resentment. And you need to understand, you know, some of these things. Men and women have put offs which include being laid back, intolerant, show off, bringing back old memories, being stingy, lazy, lack of focus, comparing yourselves with others. You know, these are some of the things that you need, to, you need to understand. And when a woman gives a man a red light, it could be a veiled green light. You know, yeah. Because sometimes they just want to um, be hard, you know, play hardball, you know, hard to get. Um, so... Um, when a woman um, says yes, it might be a no. When she says no, it might be a yes. That's why the Bible says we need to study, you know, women. And we'll get there in a short while. Uh, when a lady says, I'll think about it, it's a green light. When she says a plain no, it's likely to be a red light. Um, and you better run for it. Amen? Um, God will help us in Jesus' mighty name. Sometimes they say no, it means yes. But we'll get there, and God will help us in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. I mean, you know, for example, when Jesus was talking to his disciples, he was talking to them about the blood, drinking my blood, eating in John 6. I mean, they were put off because they lacked understanding. But my prayer is that we work on those areas of put off so that we can be more attractive even to our spouses and those that we are in relationships with in Jesus' mighty name. Now, I want to talk about the hunter and the huntee. Um, you know, to hunt, I mean, any man, the ideal thing is for a man to chase a woman. You know, um, God came for us. We didn't reach out to him, you know. And to hunt is to chase, to pursue, 
to capture. When you hunt, you have a focus. When you seek, it's because you want to capture and accomplish. There is an element of pursuit, of going after, of tracking, of chasing, and hunting down the object of your pursuit. David said, my soul followeth hard. So when you are chasing, you chase to hunt down. So the fact that she says no shouldn't be a put off. Many of us are carrying marks of nails on our bodies. Because you nail us, we keep going. You nail us, we keep going. And uh, I have a friend, I mean, uh, he's, a lawyer, he's a judge now. Um, when we were in international school in, in University of Affairs in Ibadan. You know, in those days, in the 70s, he came from, you know, this school that has a lot of elephants, you know. So he wore a white shoe. Who would wear a white shoe in, in, in school then? And his nose is so wide, you know, so big. You call him trumpet. And his color is so dark, you know. And when he came to school, and he has a gap tooth, you know, you know, normal gap tooth is small. His own is like you can put, you know, about your finger, if you put it there, it was. And he looked around, he looked for the most beautiful girl in, in the school. And we laughed it off. But she would never agree. Of course, initially, of course, she was saying, no, no, stop him and all that, you know. But the guy just kept going. He kept going. By the end of the time, he was going out with this girl. And today they are married and happily married at that. So, if you are a hunter, you go out there and you just hunt well to catch your prey. Amen? A good hunter must be focused, skilled, equipped. You must be brave. You must be patient. You must be relentless. You must be strategic and very, very creative. I can't talk much about this. I mean, you know, Paul said that to capture the Jews, I became like a Jew. Uh, those under the law, I became like, you have to be creative and just adapt to situations. So if they stab you here, you turn the other side. But you just are focused and you keep going. God will help you in Jesus' mighty name. When you hunt, you exert energy and skills. Um, I, I, I remember, and, and you know, you, you need to study and prepare. You need to study and prepare. In those days, in the University of Fair, um, the night I met my sugar, before we left the house, we watched um, 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 Gone with the Wind, you know, and, 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 and learn, you know, how they speak there. You know, we're cramming it. Because I met her at a party. So, she was sitting on a, on a chair, young, 16-year-old, I saw she had nailed people. They were dead on the floor. There was one guy. No, it's true. It was brutal. There was one guy. She had nailed the guy. It was a chair with arms. The guy couldn't get up. Because, you know, in those days, the boys would be like this. You go to battle. If you are dead, coming back is, is terrible. So, just, so the guy just sat there. But because I was prepared, I mean, I told my guys that, look, man, I'm going after that girl. My best clothes was green, green with a sling bag, you know. So I went, I advanced forward, left, well, leg forward first, you know. And you see, at parties, you know how we ask uh, things, you know, in those days, say, excuse me, dance, excuse me, dance. So at a party, you'll be hearing, scoo, 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 because everybody's saying, excuse me, dance. But because we are prepared as a good hunter, you are creative. I just said, can I excuse you no, can I thank you for this dance? Ah, in effect, you're not saying, excuse me, dance. We're saying, can I thank you for this dance? She looked up, and I knew I got her. You know? Then, but she said, no, that she, she wasn't, because the, after I started releasing my asthma, that what is it you see that is not perfection? Give yourself a chance, a chance of a lifetime. I started rolling those things out. I said, if all the trees in the forest were pen, and all the waters in the river is ink, it is not sufficient for me to write what I feel about you tonight. I, you know, I was prepared. So, a man must be prepared. Amen? Now, 
the treasure the hunt, hunter seeks must motivate him. It keeps the hunter going. Amen? And nothing must stop you. Christ endured the shame and the cross because of the treasure he saw in us. My prayer is that whatever you need to, to keep going, you know, God will give you in Jesus' mighty name. And remember that pearls are found in an altar. Sometimes your treasure might not look like a treasure. Diamond in the rough. So you need to be led. God will help us in Jesus' mighty name. Now, one thing I want to tell those that are in relationships and the singles is that there's something you call the Ruth anointing. The Bible says that in these end times, Isaiah 4, 1, and in that day, seven women shall take hold of one man, saying, we will eat our own bread and wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by your name to take away our reproach. So that means that the men are not there. You can't have enough. Less. So, while you are still waiting, they will come, they will come. Why don't you just use the Ruth anointing? And sometimes, without losing your poise, your dignity and style and self-esteem, you don't want to throw yourself on a man, but you position yourself. In church, in every... I mean, I tell them in church, why are you sitting next to married men? You want to marry. Why are five girls sitting on the same side? So you position yourself strategically so that, you know, when the pastor cracks a joke, you laugh at him. <laughs> it's true now. Yes, now, it's true. These are the end times. Amen? Don't you know... No, no. Everything must be purposeful and strategic. Yes. Let me tell you. Prince William and Kate Middleton. You know their love story. Kate's first choice of university was Edinburgh. It was a tough choice. And she got in there. Then one day she opened the papers and found out that William, the future king of England, would attend St. Andrews. So she rejected the offer of Edinburgh and took a gap year to gain admission into St. Andrews. It was strategic. And today, they are married. That's what you call the Ruth anointing. So while you are waiting, 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 you better make that move sometimes, amen, and say, nice Bible. You know, you say something that will catch him, amen. God will help you in Jesus' mighty name. Of course, there are platforms. This is a platform. I was telling Pastor Femi that you should have allowed us to bring some singles here. Maybe they can mingle, amen. But uh, he says everything is couple, 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 and even those that are in some kind of relationships that are here, it's fine. But you know, these kind of things, I mean, it's a platform. It's a platform. Uh, 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 in church, somebody just sat next to somebody and just started talking, and today they're married. You know, uh, the foolishness of God is wiser than, 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 than that of me. So, platforms, I know people that have met themselves in elevators. There's one person that met, you know, his wife in Keke Mama, Keke Mawa. And then there are some two guys, very smart guys. They have cars, but when we bring buses to camp, they, they, they park their cars in church and enter the bus. You know, I tell them, why are you driving in six hours alone in your car? Who is going to see your car anyway? But now you get to camp, you can't even park. So they enter the bus. There are about 16 girls there. You are the only one, you know? And you chat your life away. And some people have met, you know, uh, people there, you know, in, in, in church, shopping mall, cinema, supermarket, bus stop, walk away, gym, queue, queue, you are queuing, you know, traffic, all kinds of things. So people just need to just get going. Uh, and God will help us in Jesus' mighty name. Like I said, we need to be prepared. Luke 16, 8 says, The children of this world are in, this, in their generation wiser than the children of light. While you are still waiting and say that, uh, I've received you, uh, I had a dream yesterday and all that, the guy has gone, you know? So please, um, I pray our, our guys will be sharp in Jesus' mighty name. One thing I found out is that most of our men are mentally lazy. Yeah. And, and, and to woo means to pursue, to run after, to chase. You need, you need to prepare for your first word. When you meet her, what are you going to say first? You need to be prepared. In our own time, we were prepared. Some tips. Speak from your heart truthfully. Avoid using the line, the Lord says you are my wife. When you both go for dinner, the man should pay the bill, especially on the first date. A man must always have a good and clean appearance to give him the confidence to speak. 
Don't forget, fresh breath is the key. Use your mouthwash. Always exhibit good manners. When opening the door, let her go in first and say after you, not pass or come out. Now, when you are, <laughs> when you are seated and she wants to come to you and shake your hand to say hello, you must stand up. When you take her out, you should get to know her and take note of all the details of our order at the table. So that when next you go for dinner, you are the one that will place her orders. That will prove to her that yes, you are the type that pays attention. Your phone must be placed on silent mode at the table. And do not put your elbows on the table while eating. And don't put your mouth close to the plate while, while eating. Don't talk too much about yourself. Get to know her. If a woman says no sometimes, it may mean yes. Don't be discouraged. Take a cue from the male eagle. When the male eagle is chasing the female eagle, the female eagle puts the male eagle into a very serious tax. She flies to 10,000 feet to the ground to pick a twig. And the male follows her down when she flies back up and drops it many times. Then the male, man, male eagle goes to the ground to get it. And it goes on and on. This is a test of tenacity of the male eagle. Be yourself and stop faking, else you will find fake love. Be a gentleman and act godly. Start simple, intelligent, and interesting conversations. Don't be full of yourself. Keep going on and on about your achievement or wealth. But be confident and bold. A simple but sincere compliment could be an icebreaker. Like I said, nice Bible. Amen? A good sense of humor is a plus. Amen? I don't know why men are afraid to make the first move. A nail can never kill you. Amen? It can wound you, but it can't kill you. Now, we need to be, you need to be wary of time wasters. You know, um, we call them bobokonites. Or the women call the men that they don't have anything to do with. I mean, you don't want to marry the guy, but the guy has money and you just want to use him. You call him bewudani. You know, that just hold that one, that jacket for me. Amen? And the guy is so stupid, he keeps going, you know, and when there's nothing there. So, the traits of time wasters and opportunists, they are never proud of you. They don't take you to public places or family functions. They, are, they always give excuses as to why it's not convenient to see you often. They don't introduce you to friends or family. They avoid walking with you in church and avoid going to see the pastor with you. They are selfish, they are shifty and liars. They are not interested in your vision and passion. They are opportunists and gold diggers. What kind of people fall victim to these time wasters? Lonely and insecure people that have low self-esteem, lacking sense of worth. They are usually desperate people. Uh, and people burdened under the weight of family or peer pressure to get married. God will help us in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the name of the Lord. No go areas for ladies. The right protocol is for a man to seek out a woman, woo her, and marry her. It's usually an aberration for a woman to force herself on a man. But please don't forget the Ruth anointed. Don't be arrogant. Don't be dirty. Ensure your hair and your nails are clean. My, my brother, you know, was in America for many years. You know, he was looking for uh, a Nigerian to marry. And we kept sending Nigerian girls. But they never make their hair. First date, the, the, you know, in those days, oh, we have changed, oh, and I'm not talking about people here. You know, the nails, I don't think they had all these long, long things in those days, you know, but, you know, it, it was just, wasn't, just not right. You know, she just couldn't, he couldn't find one. Uh, little, little things, he ended up marrying an American, and they're madly in love, you know, with themselves, but we have good, good, good uh, ladies in Nigeria, um, but please, when you're going for a date, just be your best, amen? Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, the Bible says that while waiting, get engaged in church work. That's 1 Corinthians 7, 32-33. It says, But I will have you without uh, carefulness. He that is unmarried, care for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married, care uh, for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. So don't be hung up on this I'm not married yet, I'm not married. You know, life is good. Stop, smell the roses along the way and count your blessings every day. God will help you in Jesus' mighty name. Now, before you say, I do, 
There is something the, 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 the bankers call know your customer. Your own is know your partner, KYP. The first thing, like I said, unequal yoking, and then you have to ask questions. Creflo Dollar wrote a couple of questions here, and I'll run through it. He says some of the questions you need to ask, especially ladies, you need to ask the guys. He says, what is your name? Is that your real name? Are your parents living together? When can I meet your dad and mom? How do you act when you get angry? Do you throw things? Do you shout or beat up people? Do you have a job? Where do you work? So those that are not married, they'll be asking those questions now. Eh? How long have you been working there? Do you have a bank account? Do you have a house or you live in an apartment? Do you live with your parents? What do you like to eat? Do you plan to stay slim all your life or you plan growing big? How many children do you want to have? Will you get upset if you don't have kids? Do you plan on leaving an inheritance? Do you have an insurance? How do you look without makeup? The hair on your head, is it yours? Or you purchased it? Is it paid for or you are in debt? Are your eyelashes natural or artificial? Do you believe in taking showers at night or in the morning? Do you believe in taking three days off before you shower? What is your relationship with soap and water? What's your motive? Are you attracted to men or women? Are you trying to marry me because you are trying to hide something? Did your parents or grandparents commit adultery? You know, it's just questions. What it means is that just ask questions. And my prayer is that God will lead you aright in Jesus' mighty name. Talking about marriages. Um, the Bible says that, yes, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and you become one flesh. But Ephesians 5.32, Ephesians 5.32 says marriage is a mystery. It says a great mystery. And mystery is something mysterious, not open book. Difficult to understand. And we need to realize that. It's difficult to understand. Indeed, <laughs> Solomon, that married 700 wives and 300 concubines. Look at what he said in Proverbs 30, 18 to 19. He says, there are three things that are too amazing for me. Four that I do not understand. Amen? He says, how an eagle glides through the sky, how a snake slithers on a rock, how a ship navigates the ocean, and how a man loves a woman. So if somebody that has 700 wives and all that still does not understand how to navigate a woman or love a woman, that means that women are special species. And they need to be studied. Amen. God will help us in Jesus' mighty name. You know, so marriage is a mystery. It's not easy. You know, because truly, they say one plus one we know is two. But God is saying one plus one is one. One flesh. It doesn't make sense. So unless God helps you, you can't make it. That's why the Bible says that except the Lord builds, they labor in vain that try to build. All kinds of you know, um, things that people have said uh, about marriage. They say marriage is all about rings. Engagement ring, wedding ring, suffering, and boxing ring. You know, but that's just an aside. Amen? It's not, it's, not, it's not that, you know. But please, we need to understand that it is not easy. You need help. You need a lot of help. I mean, the Bible says in First Peter 3, 7, it says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Giving honor to your wife. You need to study. You need to read books. You need to understand women. What do they like? What do they hate? Understand your wife. It's not easy. Because you are locked in forever. And God will help you for better, for worse. I mean, somebody said, concerning a woman, he says, give her an idea. She will give you a plan. Give her a house. She will give you a home. Give her trouble. She will give you hell. Good measure. Press down. Shaking together. Running over. Shall she dish out to you? Amen? So, you don't want that. I mean, so just, je, 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 just try and understand them. The Bible says in Proverbs 24.3, it says, through skillful and godly wisdom is a house, a life, a home, a family built. And by understanding, it is established on good and sound foundation. My prayer is that God will build our families 
and they will last in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the name of the Lord. But one of the problems that people have in marriages is that, you know, most people prepare only for wedding day and not the marriage. Of course, you've heard the story of the guy who was married for six months, you know, and she was ran to the kitchen, uh, ran to the sitting room, the wife was in the kitchen, and he picked up the marriage license, was checking it for about 30 minutes. The wife said, what are you looking for? He says, hand me the magnifying guy. What are you looking for? He, looked, he said, what are you looking for? He says, I'm looking for the expiry date. After six days, there is no expiry date. Now you're in it for life, you know. So my prayer is that God will help us in Jesus' mighty name. will allow God to build and he will build to last in Jesus' mighty name. Even Billy Graham, when he was asked if he ever considered divorcing his wife after many years of marriage, he jokingly said, divorce, never. Murder, maybe, but not divorce. That means that he's been stressed, you know, sometimes. But, you know, God will help us. Marriage is a bed of roses, you know, petals and stems that have thorns. But, you know, God will help us to navigate through this in Jesus' mighty name. Troubleshooting skills. In dealing with bitter experiences in marriage. Termites. Solomon, Song of Solomon 2.15, NIV. Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards. It's the little, little things. You need to just check them out. We don't have time tonight. But little, little things that we say termites. Termites can build, bring down any building. They can eat money. One mosquito in your, in your, your, your net, in your room, will give you sleepless nights. So it's just the little things that we need to uh, be, be careful about. Uh, 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 and, uh, uh, and once they start showing up in a relationship, you know that there's a problem. For example, when you stop holding hands, I haven't seen many people holding hands even when they're seated here, then the termite has entered. When you stop hugging, that's a problem. You know, they say that the human skin has millions of nerve endings called touch receptors that send messages to the brain. A hug causes rise in hemoglobin and blood pressure drops and every pain disappears. So we need to hug. So if your husband is near, you just, just hug them and hold them. Amen. It works wonders. Amen. Now, when your man stops opening doors of your car to enter, that's a problem. Because they used to do it. Before you marry, or first, first month, they will go around to your side and open. You enter. After six months, they will enter the steering side, lean over, eh, and push and say, Are you not coming? You know, that is a sign that, you know, termites have entered. And that must stop. Eh? Now, when couples start sleeping in separate rooms, shout termites. Amen? Termites. Amen? It should not be. Amen? It's one flesh. When the man stops kissing his wife in the morning before going to work and just says, bye, see you later. Termites. Eh? When couples start taking each other for granted, you don't brush your teeth at night. The woman wears wrong pool boo-boo. Eh? and ties the wrapper, uh, uh, and the man just ties the wrapper and wears singlet with twin stick in his mouth. Termite! You know, that's not how you started. Eh? When you come home late without excuse, termite. Eh? When you password your phone. Big termite. Aha. You hide phone. Eh? You are supposed to remain the same. Stop fasting words. And, and, you know, and, and when... The wife now dresses like a soldier in night, at, at night to your room. Put on layers and layers and layers. And sex life is not, is not vibrant. Eh? The husband is virtually begging. Eh? That is big termite. Eh? Because, you see, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 5 says you must not defraud one another. He is a criminal offense. EFCC will come after you. Amen? So, it's true. It's a criminal offense. If you serve fried rice in bed, he will not go out looking for popcorn. Amen? Hallelujah. God will help us in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the name of the Lord. So, um, these are um, just a few things that I wanted to talk about. 
um, you need to, you need to, you know, marriage is like a garden, you know, you need to pay attention, you need to tend it, you need to, you know, if you want a well manicured garden, you need to take care of it. Most people take care of their careers. You go to LBS and all that, and you don't, you don't do nothing about, about the marriage. It shouldn't be that way. And you must value your wife. You know, Christ valued us in a fallen state that he laid down his life. You know, when, when I preach, I, I use a, a dollar bill, hundred dollar bill. Everybody wants a hundred dollar bill. Then I crumple it. Do you want it? They still want it. I drop it on the floor. I step on it. They still want it. Because whether it's crumpled or not, it has not lost its value. So whether your wife was slim, is now fat, or whatever, is still the same valued wife. The Bible says her price is far above rupees. So why don't you just peck your wife right now? Because, you know, just say, I value you. Amen? Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. As I run to a close, and I know that that's the best that you can hear today, as I run to a close, like I said, you need to be very, very creative. I'm glad that people are writing and, and you know, uh, poems, you are talking about poems and all that. I sing to my wife, my lovely sugar. You know, love songs, not idemijao, pow, no. <laughs> love songs eh? I don't have time you know, uh, to do that you know, but you know, if you come to any of our services you know, they say that Nigerian men are stiff and, and I want that to be an aberration in the church because you know, Genesis 26.8 Isaac, they saw Isaac sporting with Rebecca at old age they were still you know, at 100 eh? so we, we, we just have to change we have to change and uh, uh, you must be, there must be a sense of mystery. You know, uh, you must be unpredictable. A sense of surprise. There was one day, my sweetheart was in London. And I was talking to her right up to 11.20. I was in a British Airways plane. She didn't know, she thought I was in Nigeria. Come 5 a.m., I knocked the door. She opened, as she saw me, she jumped on me. I earned miles. But you see, you must know your rhythm. You must know your wife. Another friend of mine, who is a lawyer, is a senior advocate, I told him this is what I did. It worked for me. So he hopped on the plane, spoke to the wife till 11.30, showed up in the morning. I said, hey, what's all this now? You are spoiling my day. <laughs> I planned my life. You know? So <laughs> you need to understand your rhythm. Amen? But please, try and be creative. You can send a DHL uh, uh, thing to, 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 to your wife. I mean, she thinks they very important uh, letter, you just say, I love you. You know, something like that. Just do something. Then, of course, where I come from, we don't call ourselves by names. Not Femi, Adi, Mama, Kini, Chukudi, and all that. No. Sarah called Abraham Lord. Solomon called Abishak Love. Jesus gave names. Sons of thunder. You know, he loved pet names. Peter, oh, you are the rock. So you need to call, like I call my wife sugar baby. Now, some people call their wife choco milo. Some are so rock. Uh, all kinds of, so find a name for your wife. If you call somebody sugar, it will always be sweet now. We are spiritual people. We call things that be not as though they were and they will be. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. That's why God changed the name of Abraham. From Abraham, which means Babake, to Abraham, which is father of many nations. So whether she's horrible or not, just call her that beautiful name. And sugar banana will become sugar banana forever in Jesus' mighty name. So from today, we ban all those names. Ade, Shala, Mama, Chidi, you know, all that. Chukudi, Chindum, Bebundum. No, we ban all those things today. Now, of course, you know, um, a soft answer, you know, turns away. Wrath. I know my time is up. I'm sure it's up. Amen. Um, soft answer turns away wrath. I mean, there was one guy that, um, you know, the guy was stingy. So anytime the wife is coming, he has something to just annoy her. So this day he said, you are a harlot. The guy said, yes, I agree. I'm a harlot. But this harlot just has one customer. And that customer is you. And you are very stingy. Give me the money, Joe. 
She got the, you know, so don't let them, you know, let's just change some of these things. Amen? And of course, one thing that a woman wants is love. All these expressions. A man needs respect. That you can read the Amplified Version, Ephesians 5.33. A man needs respect. A woman needs love. Allow God to build. Like I said, don't take yourselves for granted. Dwell with her with knowledge. You need to understand. Like, for, for example, coming for this ball tonight. If your wife said, I have nothing, it doesn't mean she doesn't have nothing. You know her wardrobe. You know she has ball gowns and all kinds of things. It means I have nothing new to wear. So when she says, I have nothing to wear, you need to understand her language. That she means, I have nothing new to wear. When she says, do you love me? That means that she wants to ask you for something very expensive. You know? So you have to understand some of these things. You know? That's why the Bible says, dwell with her with knowledge. And God will help you in Jesus' mighty name. One of the most important things to men is this intimacy thing. One guy had been battered. He was always begging his wife for intimacy, for sex. So when he got to American Embassy, when they gave him the form to fill, when he saw sex, instead of putting mail, he wrote, not enough there because the woman has scattered his brain you know please god will help us in jesus mighty name and uh, one thing i'd like to tell men be ready to say i am sorry and the women please be ready to accept the i am sorry with some of these things within the limited time we have i'm sure that for those that are married by the time you start being creative and do not these things. It will add some, you know, sparkle to your relationship because the Bible tells us that love never fades, it never fails, it is never obsolete. So as you continue to pursue this agape love, meaning that it's a decision. I've decided you are the one. It has nothing to do what you look like or what you're going to give me. I just love you for who you are. Then we're on our way to our El Dorado. God will bless us in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you.